welcome to episode six of the Surrey Global Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by myself, IB Index, You'll Never Walk Alone, and an FPL chef. Unfortunately, today, FPL chef won't be joining us. He, he, he's been caught up in, in something else. So we, we should be having him back very shortly, um, but it will just be myself and You'll Never Walk Alone today. So this week, we're going to be focusing on the Manager's World Cup for game week. Um, 110 review upgraded tournament rewards announcement and as always we'll field questions from other Surreyor managers so let's go straight into the Surreyor Managers World Cup well uh, we, we can at least be assured that this will be a very short podcast this week then won't we because we're to, talking about uh, Luxembourg's very brief encounter with the uh, World Cup so uh, where should we yeah. start Similar for us in Kenya, so we were both victims to three-one defeats um, by worthy opponents this week. I, I think um, some really, really strong results. So I'm just looking, looking here. There was a, a first, a second, a fourth in our our match up here. So yeah, some really competitive and quite a few other top 100 entries there. So looks like. Everyone's taking this pretty seriously. And yeah, it's brought out the best of a lot of managers. And um, I know you guys, I was speaking to some of your opponents and uh, the Mexican opponents who were basking in their victory. Uh, yeah, especially, been, given, yeah. especially given, I would say, with, their, with respect to them, they're uh, less, less versed in uh, fantasy football. I think they'd probably give us all a good run for the money in fantasy baseball and American football and other US sports. But... Uh, uh, soccer, as they refer to it, is uh, is new to them. Um, we had no excuses. We were up against another talented team of people that know their <laughs> stuff uh, with Quinny, um, who piggybacked on onto their team somehow. And uh, yeah, I tried. I got a point, but it was to no avail. So we are out, and we'll have to start planning ahead for uh, the second version. Yeah, looking forward to that. It definitely has been fun, and there's been a, a lot of banter around it and, and chatting. I think we were talking about it earlier. The chatting to, to other managers you wouldn't normally have, maybe ones you've not came across on the Discord before or uh, in in other trades. So yeah, that's been really good. Yeah, Hendo reached out to me, who was my opponent for the week, and uh, yeah, we were we were kicking quite a few of the balls on Sunday and into Monday when we still had. Uh, I think one or two players left to go and uh, seeing not only how we were competing against one another, but also against uh, other people within Division 4 League, which uh, was probably one of its most competitive weeks ever. That's it. I think one of the only positives for me was I was the one in my, my team not to let us down. Um, so we lost 3-1, but I picked up the, the points from my side. And I think that was thanks to Mbappe. I just wanted to, to get the, the Mbappe in there. So I, I finally managed to, finally managed to, to pick up that card. I was always going to talk about it. There was, there's no getting away from, from that fact. So, yeah, glad to, to get him into the collection. I think he's going to be one that will be playing quite quite a bit. Um, so we've had some some big scores from him in the, the last few weeks. But 299s in the, the last five games. So, yeah, I think... I, Going to stock up on some flakes if we we keep getting these ninety nines in the door. Well, we've got three weeks of Neymar out of action. I know we've got an international break, but uh, yeah, Mbappe will be uh, required to uh, 
fly the front line for uh, PSG over the next couple of weeks in his absence. Mind you, Moise Keane has got off to a good start as well, hasn't he? He has, yeah. So that's a, a bit unexpected. He did come with a, a good pedigree from Juventus initially, but I suppose that, that Everton move didn't quite work out. And, but that can happen for for a whole range of reasons. So I think there's, there's certainly quality there. And at PSG, you're going to get an opportunity to score some goals. So, yeah, it could be quite a, a good move for him. I think we'll, we'll see a few more from him. So, do you think then, uh, from the teams remaining in the World Cup, who do you fancy now? Now that we can't win it, who, do, who, who are we rooting for? Not Mexico. Oh, I was, I was going to say Mexico. Go on the Mexico. I'm going to put my money on Mexico. I think they're going to do it. I think if they, if they win, but if they win, we're going to have to put the Mexican national anthem on one of the pods. They've already been baiting, baiting me on the Discord. So... Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Whoever wins it, we'll get a, a celebration on a future future pod there. So there's an extra. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll invite them on. We'll have a half uh, English, half Spanish um, podcast, uh, especially so we can uh, reach out to the Mexican community. That's it. That's it. Quinny's going to be annoyed if we if we don't say and um, we want him to win. But yeah, we'll we'll see. Not Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll have to have a rematch. Now we're both out, we could perhaps pick a week in the next couple of weeks where uh, uh, Luxembourg can go head-to-head with uh, with you guys. Yeah, that'd be quite good. And I think this opens up that as well, doesn't it? So maybe if if we don't want to do something to, to the scale and maybe do something over a, a shorter time frame, a few Champions League matches, you could do this with a, a few managers. So, yeah, look forward to some others creating those ideas on, on the Discord and, and getting involved. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Clips really opened the door here to, you know, all sorts of social leagues and, and, and opportunities. I mean, Mr. Bale has opened up one now for SO11 uh, for, you know, the majority of the Russian cards that are in circulation. And, you know, hopefully, you know, as part of the, the next stage of growth on the platform, you know, hopefully we'll hope be given the empowerment to create uh, similar leagues online as well i mean i don't know whether that's three six twelve months away and i say at the moment as long as you've got someone that's willing to uh, put in the uh, the groundwork the framework to get uh, the teams all set up uh, there's no reason why we can't do it on discord just by you know extrapolating the scores each week but at some point it'd be amazing if you just go and press one or two buttons right social league eight people send out seven invites boom how many weeks for and off you go um and, and i can really see that happening Absolutely, yeah, that that would be fantastic. But in the meantime, we've got the ability to to create these, and just you talked about Mr. Bale's one there as well. That's a, a really good example of something that we we might as well see in the future. So eleven, whether it's us generating in in that way as as you mentioned. Unfortunately, I didn't have enough Russian guys at the time to to really get involved there. But that's a, a great great idea. So looking forward to others doing more like that. What about in the game week? How did you get on with some big games? Obviously, PSG winning 4 0. Mbappé yeah, getting, there was, getting two there goals was, there. there was, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, a, it was I'm not going to complain. I mean, I've, I've been placing consistently, uh, winning a few prizes along the way. There's always a few niggly DMPs that uh, prevent you from. Uh, uh, from achieving what you perhaps think you can achieve heading into a game week. 
Um, but yeah, overall, I can't complain. Uh, I say the nice thing for me is that the World Cup really did take over from, you know, checking every single score. It really did boil down to me. It was just, you know, what looking at what, what the five guys I had in my All-Star Division 4 were doing. Uh, and then having a look at, you know, what my, uh, the five guys from, you know, my, my teammates in Luxembourg Division 4 were doing. And then you're trying to tune in to see what, you know, the, the other team was doing. And yeah, that, that really took over the, you know, what would normally be for me, concentrating on Division 1 or Division 2. Um, yeah, it took a back seat to, uh, you know, cheering on, cheering on the Rares in Division 4. Yeah, definitely. So hopefully, well, now we're out, but I'll be keeping an eye on this. As, as it goes on, as I said, hopefully Mets will go out in the next round. So, <laughs> Right, well, let's move on to something which is, which is more exciting than the World Cup then. So uh, what, have we, what have we got next? We've got upgraded tournament rewards. So in we a do. week where we had you know, quite a considerable amount of news drop from Sarah HQ, uh, the first article that we were uh, shown from the team was an upgraded tournament rewards, which has evolved from, you know, uh, quite vocal and constructive, um, I'd say criticism, if you like, uh, from the community when the first iteration was shown. And yeah, I think we can clearly see they've nailed it and it's taken a second attempt. But I don't think uh, when the dust settles, people are going to worry about that. The most important thing now is that uh, they have listened. Uh, and I think, as I say, from what we can see now, we've got uh, you know, a really strong, more progressive uh, reward structure that can help those in Division 4 see a, a smoother pathway to Division 3, and then from 3 to 2, and then from 2 to 1. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I think it's, they've, they've hit it perfectly. As you mentioned, it has taken that, that second iteration, but it shows that the guys are taking that feedback on board. The community, quite rightly, weren't that pleased with the, the initial revamp and provided feedback, and we've tweaked it in, in a way that now everyone's really excited again. So I suppose the, the two key, key components behind that, beating the game and winning ETH prizes and then beating other players to, to win card prizes, that simplicity is something that the, the team are trying to get into to this platform more and more so, and, and this iteration obviously allows that. But the, the increase in Ethereum payouts is, is huge, so the thresholds on, on Division 4, um, being able to, to win a small amount of ETH with, with your entry without having to, to place um, above hundreds and thousands of, of other players, as long as you're the players you've been selecting and, and buying are competing and, and are delivering good scores, you're going to be winning ETH prizes. So, yeah, that's really exciting. And I think you can see that in the community. They're excited about that and it should hopefully keep that competition um, and, and that rivalry going in, in Division 4. And as you said, help other managers to sort of rise up the, the ranks. We're seeing good Ethereum payouts all, all across the board. So, You've got the, the the podium places getting quite significant amounts here, and I think that's important, isn't it, to to have the players who are finishing first, second, and third getting good rewards in both cards and also in, in Ethereum payouts. So, yeah, this can only be a good thing. 
Yeah, I think as I say that, that it's it's also I can see from a visualization point of view, someone starting out the game now in division four, okay, they might start with one team. That one team, they might have a target which is the 0.01 ETH or the 0.02 ETH. Um, but you can see how quickly that you can potentially scale that. If you enter division four and you think, well, I've got to be in the top 30% or, you know, and even if you are in the top 30%, you've got to hit a point threshold. And even if you achieve that, you're like, well, what am I going to get? Or I'm going to get this type of card or what does that mean in, you know, pounds, euros or, or dollars? Um, you can you can perhaps understand people's, you know, maybe slight hesitation in going, well, is it worth me buying another few cards? Is it worth me doing this? Now it's quite clear, you know, if in, in, on a weekend uh, where all uh, regions are open, you've got six division fours. So six division fours, you could conceivably play six strong rare teams. Each of those teams has the uh, capability of providing you now with 0 0.2, 0 0.02 ETH uh, from each team. So you can suddenly go, right, well, in, over the course of a month, I've probably got 30 Division 4 competitions I can play. Maybe I can, you know, achieve the thresholds I need in 25% of those, or if I'm lucky, 50% of those. So maybe I can now win 15 lots of ETH. Oh, that's 0 0.3. Well, 0 0.3, that's not a bad return for, you know, a month's work where you're probably still picking up a few cards along the way that have considerably more value than the 0.02, but at least helps you visualize, I'm gonna get some ETH back now. So what I'm spending, even if I've got a card and I don't wanna sell that card as a prize and wanna keep it in my collection, there is gonna be now a little bit of a payback uh, for selecting straightforward teams that, as I say, uh, can compete at the high end, but if they don't quite compete at the top three or you know, top 10, they're still going to be in with a chance of giving you consistent returns. And you start building it over a month, three months, six months, a season, a year. And yeah, I, I can't see why anyone will look at this now and go, well, that's, that's not a decent uh, ROI to go after. Yeah, some great points there. I think that's what's uh, attracting users and that ability to, to start visualising the building up of that ETH from, from their, their game week. So, yeah, really exciting. I think as you move up the ladder as well, it's interesting to see, and I think there's always going to be a debate, like if you're in Division 2, the top prize is a unique card, a Tier 2 unique. And then, you know, that might be followed by a Tier 1 super rare. And then as you go maybe Division 3, you've got... A, super, uh, a tier two super rare followed by a tier three super rare followed by a, a tier one rare. So I don't, I don't know if I've looked at it and I think, you know, if I'm approaching certain divisions, I like the, uh, the podium structure and I like the placings. Uh, I still think there could be a few tweaks to be done. So, but again, I think it's down to everyone's personal collection and where they are at a given moment. You know, for example, I would much prefer to win sometimes a tier one super rare, even over a tier two uh, unique. But, you know, it, it's, I think at that stage, as long as you're winning a prize, which you feel is worthy of the position that you finished in and, you know, everyone doesn't want to look down and go, oh, that guy got more than me or oh, she got more than me there for finishing in, you know, four or five places below. I think we can all accept the variance in the, the, the different tier pools when it comes to prizes. Uh, I think the only tier pool now which is is getting, which has the potential to give really crazy rewards is tier zero. Um, because tier one has some sort of limit on it. You know you're going to get a player up to a certain value or should get a player up to a certain value. 
And then when you open up tier zero, you've got players that have just above that tier one, all the way through to the Neymars and Mbappes, which, as we've seen this week at auction, will still fetch, you know, some serious, serious ETH. So uh, I think, again, just getting that balance right is still important. But from, from, from where we were two weeks ago to where we are today, look, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different world. And there should be managers out there licking their lips right now thinking, yeah, I'm going to be able to buy cards. I'm going to be able to play across all of these Division 4s. I'm going to have little bits of revenue coming in that I can either reinvest or, you know, um, take out my initial investment with. Yeah, I'm certainly looking forward to, to getting those those first game weeks in and, and getting those thresholds because yeah it's good getting those additional cards but knowing that you're going to get a little bit of ETH as long as your players perform to, to set standard and that lower threshold is is fairly attainable so yeah it's going to allow that progression and um, lots of benefits there and give managers a, a little bit of ETH back in the collection that they can go and use on the on the market whether that be the, the primary or the, or the secondary I suppose there there will probably be some changes to how users approach both those markets in the short term and, and with the changes. But yeah, you know, how how do you see that evolving? Yeah, no, I think I think so. So with that with that ETH, it's it's another catalyst to you know speculate on a card that you may not have speculated on previously. You say so you might be at the stage where you know you've got some injuries. Uh, or they've got some teams that aren't playing in a given game week and you might be like, oh, I've got four players for a challenger Europe or I've got four players for my Champions Asia. And, you know, there are still some fantastic players that can be bought for 0 0.01, 0 0.02, 0.03. There's, there's, you know, yes, there's a big category of players that fit within that price point. And so if you have to dip into your own pockets to buy something and go, hmm, just to complete a team, you might go, I'll leave it this week or I'll put those guys in training with someone else. Now you can turn around and go, well, if that team gets me my 0.02, then I've paid for that fifth card. Or I've paid for the card that I'm considering buying as well. So I think it will perhaps give uh, some, yeah, ignite the, the real entry lower end of the market uh, when you can go and buy a random tier two, tier three player that's still got the capability of scoring 60, 70, 80 points. Uh, and if put into a reasonable team, you know, you, you're giving yourself another shot of, you know, pretty much paying for that player card straight away. So um, I still think we're, there'll be a huge section of the market with cards, which are perhaps, I wouldn't say unloved, but less loved. Um, but those less loved cards, if you look hard enough, I think you can find some, some real good deals in there that will more than pay for themselves. I think so, yeah. And I do pick up cards in, in that part of the market, um, that lower end. And some of them are future speculation. Um, so they're youngsters who are maybe not playing yet. So I can pick them up quite cheap because they, they haven't played in their last five games and they're not not, not looking likely to. Um, however, there's, there's others there that actually do form part of some of my rotational squads have been able to pick them up fairly cheap and when I have injuries, which I seem to have quite a lot at, at the moment, certainly with defenders. Um, yeah, quite quite a lot of the injuries at the moment. So I've benefited from some of these filler players in my squad um, and certainly continue to, to add. Um, but the, there'll be all, all reasons why, why you would look to, to buy this type of player. Um, I certainly 
I've, I've found that they've been quite useful for, for me. So, yeah, it's not just those those big hitters, those players that are costing 100, 200 pounds or, or, or even more that are going to be useful going forward to, to be able to compete. You can actually start to, to be rewarded um, with a, a fairly modest outlay, which is, that's really exciting for, for getting new users on board. You know, at, at the outset, if you see that it's only the cards that are costing hundreds and thousands of pounds that are enabling managers to, to win or be rewarded, that's going to be quite off-putting because it's quite a, a large initial step to take. But if you can see that there's a, a way to start competing for maybe 50 euros, uh, 100 euros quite easily and start returning ETH, then, yeah, that's a, a much different prospect, isn't it? So, yeah. I think so as well. And, and also, if you've got players that are, you know, on the on the higher end of the scale, you know, £100, £200 and above, you know, quite often with the power caps as we've still got them at the moment over the next few weeks, you know, you, you quite often need, oh, I need a 7.2 times rare card or I need, I need, you've got a particular need that your collection has grown beyond. Yeah. And what's the point in going to spend hundreds of pounds on all these players if you can't put a strong enough team together? You know, if you need to go and dip into the market just to go and buy a, you know, a budget player that unlocks the capability of your, of your, you know, four arguably perceived stronger or more expensive players, then, then it's, 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 it's a no brainer. You have to do it. There's no point sitting on all these expensive cards and not being able to utilize them correctly. Why have four really nice cards and then being 20% under a, uh, under a division cap makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. You've got to get them to work. The more you pay, pay for a player, you know, the more you should be optimising your teams to make sure that you've got as good enough chance to, to uh, get your return on them as possible. Absolutely. And that's something I've been a lot more focused on this last week since bringing Mbappe in. Um, now I need to, to really worry. Before, I've got a, a nice collection of cards, but he's, he's now he's my superstar. I, need to, I know he's going to deliver at a high, high level on a regular basis. So I need to maximise that opportunity, get the most out of them and, and start to, to look at paying back for you know, that, that fairly large outlay. So, yeah, that's something I need to look at and getting best possible combinations around him. And I've, I have made a, a few trades in, in the last week or so in order to do so, just to, to give me some options of high-performing regular players, um, again, with some of the injuries that I've picked up. Um, so that I can make sure that I'm actually using them and, and going to be getting some rewards back. So hopefully get them in in the team next week, um, see how he, he performs and kind of get me a initial reward. Yeah, no, 100%. I think, as you said, once you start to to, uh, to show within your collection, you know, I've got, you know, this is where my money is in my collection or this is where I think the strongest cards are in my collection – it's even more critical that you go right. If that's a Division Two card, I need to be on. I need to be on the cusp of 102 every week. If it's a Division Three card, I've got to be at 66 times. And as soon as my players go beyond 66, I've got to have players waiting in the wings so I can still get my Mbappe in that Division Three with, you know, enough player, enough power around him so that my team is still at 66 times. And this is what I think you can see it straight away. Whenever you go on Sarah data straight after a game week, 
you can see, you know, there's a very clever tool which shows you, you know, with your captain, you know, who's on 108. So you're 102 power plus six. And there's a lot of people touching 108, 107.9. And when you look at the division threes, there's regularly people who are sitting there on 72 exactly, which is the 66 power plus your six captain. And if you're sitting there on 64 with a 58 team and a six captain, then you've, you've pretty much conceded a lot of positions straight away. So you've got to start thinking ahead in terms of, right, this week, if this person levels up, that's going to take them from 7.2 to 7.6 or 7.6 to 8.3. And at that point, am I too powerful? Am I not powerful enough? And it's how, you know, and, and it's, it's all these little bits of homework that you can put in behind the scenes. One thing is buying yeah. the cards but you've got to be ready to be able to make, uh, you know, some, some, some five-piece jigsaws that fit perfectly. Yeah, that's definitely something I'm learning. And you've had a, a lot more time at doing so and building that that knowledge up. I'm finding that fairly straightforward for my Division 4 entries because I've got enough coverage. So regardless of them, them powering up each week, I've got enough coverage at all different XP levels. But as I move up into Division three in, in division two that's where I'm, I'm struggling to, to get right to that, that edge of the the threshold so getting up to the, the 102 or, or the, the 66 as as you say there um sometimes well, for, well fortunately that's going to be a thing of the past uh soon i think uh, yeah. exactly yeah so it will will help us all won't it so i'm, I'm looking forward to that and um, that'll be something i'll miss i will miss the i will miss the uh, power caps though they you know i think you know i've obviously been with them from day one and uh i i do really enjoy that strategic element to you know trying to get as close as possible to the power cap because i know you know what that translates to when you when you get the points um, i'm sure though whatever it is replaced with will have a similar element of, of skill and you know technique involved there and uh, well it will be getting replaced won't it i don't think it'll it'll go completely so all right i don't know yet but no i think as far as we know at the moment it's it's purely going on scarcities so you know rares will be fighting with rares super rares will be fighting with super rares and uniques with uniques so uh There'll probably be a little bit of crossover between some of the divisions, but uh, yeah, I think um, it would be just a case of seeing how much they nerf the power uh, to make sure that uh, people with all the older cards don't still have, you know, huge advantages over those that are, uh, are starting out and buying the new ones. Yeah, that, that'll be interesting to see. Right, so uh, one of the topics which uh, a lot of the users have uh, approached me to talk about is uh, auction strategy, uh, how I feel about the daily power hours now, which uh, are in full flow. Um, Chef, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Javi, I know you are a, a big fan of the, uh, of the new daily power hours. It gives you a little bit more uh, flexibility and versatility. How do you approach them? Yeah, so I suppose just the... The flexibility you said there, um, and the availability, getting having all these cards available in a short period of time, um, means I can condense my buying and start to, to build up parts of the collection that I'm I'm looking to do. So build up some of the the missing pieces of my my squads that I'm needing, but in a, a shorter period of time. So yeah, I quite like the fact that you get a bunch of cards from one team 
all at one time. So you can start to, you know, that there might be some particular fixtures coming up or particular favourite clubs that you have. So you can actually piece together quite a few of their players, a midfielder, a defender, a striker, all at that, that one point. Um, they, there obviously is that the dual side to it. There's potentially more attention on some of these players because it is a, a power hour and other people are, are obviously aware of that fact as well. But by and large, they, they seem to be quite, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying them. I've certainly been picking up a, a, a few from there and yeah, they seem to be pretty successful. So long may they continue. I think they can be quite creative yeah. as well. Different, as I said, different clubs, but yeah, having a set bunch of the, the most popular players or upvoted players that have, been mentioned on Discord. So, yeah, there's different things that they could do as well to have different kinds of power hour sessions. Yeah, I think the traditional Sunday ones that we, we've always known and grown to love uh, have some sort of theme to it. I've always tried, tried to work out um, auction patterns. Um, I don't know why, but, uh, it, you know, they seem to be going in Sometimes you'll get a chunk of Europeans and you'll get a chunk of, you know, MLSPA guys and you get a chunk of the Asian players. Then, you know, they seemingly done in A to Z. You know, you can log on, you can see 50 Kims all in a row or you can see 50 Andres or, you know, depending on how how it's... Uh, and these are obviously interspersed with the new relaunches or launches of the teams as well. Um, but, yeah, the Power Hours which I find more interesting now are the, are the daily ones because, you know, you can log in and as you said, sometimes you can have a lot of attention on these players. And I think the one that gets hyped up a lot more is the Sunday one. So um, normally we get a mailer at the weekend and you get told, right, or you can go on Twitter and you can see, you know, it's, te- it's players from this particular team or players from this particular nationality or whatever it happens to be. Um, and I think obviously Sunday, Sunday was always a popular day for auctions before because, you know, most people at home on a Sunday night or when the data, when the manager base was predominantly European, you know, most people around Sunday night and, you know, you, you got to chat with people on Discord and, you know, you got to, in, uh, you know, compete with them in an auction as well. But now they come around thick and fast pretty much every day. Yeah. Monday, uh, same time as Sunday. And then you get an early morning one if you're in the UK. Uh, mid-afternoons just before the, the deadlines on Tuesday and Friday. So I think for the more casual player as well, it opens up the, you know, the ability for you to go online at different times of the day. And, you know, sometimes they can be quite quiet. And sometimes I quite often see cards thinking, oh, perhaps I should have, you know, stockpiled a few more of those. But uh, every time I look, there seems to be different names you know, uh, bidding against each other, which is always very healthy and a good indicator as to, to how the market's behaving. Um, yeah, I'm seeing lots be- of new names, um, certainly bidding that I've not I've not seen before, and that that's always been the case. Here, it's never the, the same names, but yeah, I noticed one who was bidding against me in an auction the other day there, and then they had posted on the Discord channel in the introductions page as a, a new user. Um, and they had bidded on three or four different players that I was going for. So they clearly know what they're doing. Great, uh, great minds think alike. That's it. Doing, doing the right things early. So yeah. when we're watching these A to Zs now, I mean, I say, I think I'm, I'm just uh, looking on the screen now and you can see where there doesn't seem to be a, a particular pattern other than through the first name of the player. Um, I would imagine we're probably up to two, two and a half thousand 
possibly even more players in the database now that can be auctioned on a regular basis. And, you know, we touched on the prizes earlier. In fact, one of the things we didn't mention was that when a certain prize or a, is, is won now, that prize will no longer be in the, in the pool for the next five weeks, yeah. which, which I think has a, a trigger effect also on auctions because, you know, you talk about your Mbappe, for example, that you, you know, you, you, you picked up this week. Well, the super rare Mbappe was won a couple of weeks ago by Victor. Um, I don't know whether that's uh, going to change anything with the new prize iteration, but if that prize is no, not going back into the prize pool for five weeks, and Kylian Mbappe is only coming around the auction once every week. I think also you've got to start thinking about, okay, well, when am I going to time my purchase? And if an Mbappe comes up on the market now and you think, oh, he's not going to be possible to win as a prize for a few weeks and he might not come around for another week again. Uh, I think that also plays a, a major factor in, you know, how far do you push an auction these days? And I think I'm probably more inclined now to go a little bit more potentially on a card that's of interest um, in case that card perhaps doesn't come up as frequently as maybe it did six months ago when there were less teams to uh, less teams in, 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 in the platform. Yeah. And I think it's certainly is more of a factor at the, the top end there, isn't it? Like you talk about them Mbappe or a, a Neymar, some of these big cards, if they get, get one and are out of, of circulation there for five weeks and um, from, from being given out as prizes, then that player goes on, hits a bit of form or continues the form that these guys typically have, then, yeah, surely it's going to drive up the price on, on the secondary market or make some, yeah, some... some if, maybe if there is a indeed a secondary deal. market for that card. I mean, I, I don't True. think there's many Mbappe, if not any Mbappe owners at the moment, that are likely to put their card on the secondary market. Certainly not at a price point where you'd look at and go, yeah. That's definitely that's definitely worth worth it. I think you might get a few people, you know, there's fishing one, for you know exorbitant prices. How oh, is there? Okay, six ETH. Six ETH. Now, yeah. at some point, that might become attractive if ninety nine percent of the Mbappe owners have zero intention of selling. But yeah, it's uh, it's a fascinating market for some of those cards. Yeah, the majority of cards you see them go around the auction on a regular basis, but the chances are, you know, if it, if it's not a tier zero star star player you will likely find a manager somewhere that you could make a, a sensible offer to and uh, and strike a deal with but uh, on on some of the cards where there is really uh, low low chance of uh, a current manager owning that card likely to put it back on the market again then yeah i think some of the auctions now will become uh, quite spicy yeah certainly will but as you said, there's, there's always these other cards available that are, they're not going to get that that attention. So I've picked up uh, a few recently that, yeah, are, are going to be quite good additions to, to my collection and my entries, but they haven't cost me the world. They've cost me less than my, my Spotify subscription a month. So yeah, <laughs> quite, quite nice pickups and I'm going to get some usage out of them and they look quite nice cards as well. So that, that's always part of the fun. So I think that brings us to the end of today's, sorry, our Global Fantasy Football podcast. I hope you have found it useful. But as always, if you could like, subscribe, and leave a review, then we can help introduce this fantastic concept to others. 
So if you haven't already joined, grab yourself 10 free cards to get going by using one of the referral links in our Twitter profiles. See you next time.